Hey, good morning, Munchtropolis. It's now 5 after the hour of 6 a.m. in the big monster city. Come on! Let's get pumped! I'm not drinking any fucking Merlot! <laughs> what can I say? The camera loves me. Shall you begin? After you, Junior. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Multiplex Logged It. This is episode 50. Uh, I can't say we've done this 50 weeks in a row because, you know, we took a break over the holidays. Uh, we've taken uh, random breaks in the middle of months before, but this is the 50th episode and that's that's kind of crazy. What better way to ring in a 50th episode than talking about the doggos and 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 the pets and the, uh, the animals? Because they are precious. Uh, welcome to the show, everybody. Uh, we got Caleb Bowman here as usual. Caleb, how are you this evening, sir? Good, doing well. Happy to be here. Talk about the animals. Talk to the animals. If I could talk to the animals. Yes, never mind. Uh, Dr. Doolittle. That's the song from Dr. Doolittle. Anyway. Gotcha. Uh, it's will not the Eddie Murphy version. Uh, Kirk, welcome. You're back. How are you? Hey, I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. Uh, anybody who knows me knows I love my pets. My dogs are awesome. Important in my life. So yeah. glad to be here. To talk about what about pets. your cat? My cat's a lot better than my dog. <laughs> <laughs> my uh, my dog right now. Bye, Jake. Uh, he'll be back. Uh, <laughs> my my dog is like straight up like just lounging right now he's over there just taking a taking a taking a fat nap but uh zach how are you doing yeah um i got my wisdom teeth removed yesterday so i sound a little bit like just anytime he wears a, a, a cowboy hat um a little better than yesterday but hopefully everyone can hear me clearly through there um i also love animals i i try to say i hate dogs i don't actually hate dogs i just um and against the dog propaganda movies and the anti-cat propaganda i'm just more of a cat person but it'll be shown when i only have dogs to talk about tonight because movies only put good um dogs in good light and cats are villains that's, that's fair uh <laughs> and jake is on the show he will be right back he just messaged us and here he is He's coming in. Jake, welcome. <laughs> How you doing, sir? Yeah. Uh, excited for the show. Doing all right. Uh, yeah. Uh, excited to be here, for sure. Uh, God willing, the, the internet. But yeah, uh, topic that... Yeah, I'm excited to get it going. Awesome. All right. So we're going to kick this off the way that we do every week, which is talking about our favorite movie that we logged this week. Caleb Boatman, you are going to kick this off. What is your favorite movie that you logged this week? Uh, yeah, this is one of my bigger blind spots, really, that I finally crossed off. I, I, I was completely blown away, even though everyone had told me it was good. I, I was completely still blown away by Ex Machina. Ex Machina absolutely a fantastic film um that, uh i would everyone talks about alicia vikander who is fantastic don't get me wrong she is incredible in this movie she's great i don't hear enough people talk about how good oscar isaac is in this movie he is like 
this is honestly probably the best performance I've ever seen from him. I think he's like so like intense, but then you've got that side of like he's charismatic and likable, but also kind of scary. And I think he's just it's a really great performance. Uh Donald Gleason is also uh really good as um an awkward, lanky uh nerd named Caleb. Uh so you know, interesting there. Uh but oh uh, yeah. Uh, I think this movie is like really fascinating and it looks great. There's just so many complex ideas at play. I get why Alex Garland has gotten like so much mileage out of this movie because it's a fantastic film. Yeah, this was my uh, second favorite film of 2015. Big fan of this one. Um I also really like his follow-up, Annihilation. Men, on the other hand, kind of boo. Uh, not not a fan. Uh, but the first two, I like a lot. And uh, this one especially, Alicia Vikander won an Oscar that year for the wrong performance, in my opinion, because Danish Girl is uh, not a good movie. Uh, she's okay in it, but she's great in this. I agree, Oscar Isaac dancing uh, will forever be uh, one of my favorite things ever. Uh, and yeah, Domhnall Gleeson, really, really great. It was just I, like my nerd brain was just like so happy that Domhnall Gleeson and Oscar Isaac were in two movies in the same year. That happened to me, my two favorite movies of 2015. <laughs> so it was just very funny uh, to my, my nerd self at the time. But yeah, big fan of this one. Uh, love what it has to say. Love how much they can get out of four actors uh, in one location uh for a hundred minutes i think it's just like really really good and it's like one of those things where it's like you can kind of see the twists coming but then when they happen they still are like super impactful and i love the ending of this movie i think the ending's fantastic so uh big fan uh kirk have you seen this uh yeah i have and yeah i think it's great um i love oscar isaac and Ed, yeah, everything boatman said i just love that character that's kind of the, there's villains who are like not Almost just like villains by default, or you know, in spite of themselves, just kind of like doing their thing with the flow that kind of makes him the villain. And um, I love that kind of character, and he plays it so well. And yeah, just like that tension of what's going on, uh, you know, trying to figure out who's who's what and who's playing who. And you can look at it from a lot of different ways. Um, I've only said it the one time. I know I think it's one of the A24 movies coming to HBO Max next month. It's definitely going to my playlist because I've been wanting to give it a rewatch. Jake, what about you? Yeah, uh, I love this movie too. Um, I think, Tim, you and I have the same Alex Garland feelings, I think, in terms of his movies. Though I probably liked Men a tiny bit more than you. But um, no, this is also just one of my favorite Oscar wins ever is this movie winning Best Visual Effects. Yeah. Because, first of all, just the unlikelihood that a movie this small, you just don't really see that. But it also speaks to just how seamless they were in this movie. Like, a, like just Ava, you I you would think it's like a it's just like a skin suit that she wore the all the robotic parts and stuff. Um, it's really really fantastic. All three um, all three actors, like you said, were are great. And I agree, Oscar Isaac is the standout. The dancing is just like it's such a great meme. Um, and yeah, I was already like all in on Oscar Isaac at that point because of Drive and uh, A Most Violent Year. I was a huge fan of that movie that came out a couple years earlier. Um, so I was just like on the 
Oscar Isaac is young Al Pacino train already by that point. And he, he should have been cast as young Hoffa and the Irishman instead of the stupid effects. But anyway, uh, yeah, no, this movie's fantastic. Um, I'm glad that uh, Boatman finally checked it out because, yeah, it's one of the best. It was part of like that, like, there was like a great sci-fi movie every year, like th from the 2010s that like kind of hit with people that was sort of original idea. Um, so, yeah, i huge fan. Zach, what about you? Yeah, yeah, I love Ex Machina too. It was a real like season ticket breakout kind of movie for Alex Garland, even though he was well established as a writer. Um, they show you we could just direct it even on one film. I'm like, I'm sold for anything he, you know, is gonna make is gonna be on the my most anticipated list, which included men, and I love I really liked men. Uh I did I just like movies that are, you know, crazy. <laughs> um, That's fair. yeah, they have a stuff to read into. Um I like discourse movies. Um but this movie can appear again sometimes on this show when you do like best beards, um, which is has to be a show at some point. Oscar Isaac's beard, S tier. Um, also like best architecture. The house is real rad. That is a rad house. That's a rad <laughs> real house. house. Yeah. Which is I awesome. agree with that. Yeah. All right. Uh, Kirk, let's move over to you. What's your favorite movie that you logged this week? Um, I haven't watched a lot of new stuff, and I always like to talk about new stuff. Um I'll talk about a movie. It's not necessarily the best movie I've watched this week, but it's the most fun I've had watching a movie. Uh, Sub T has been on a big Kaju kick, uh, specifically Godzilla. Um, so I watched one with him. I, we watched uh, Godzilla, Godzilla versus Adora. Uh, and this is one that um, it was the first time I'd watched one of the older uh, Godzilla versus movies. And it may have not been the best one to start on because it's, from what I understand, very different. Um, it's from 1971. And it has like this real like late 60s, early 70s psychedelic feel to it. Um, from what I understand, it's one of the darkest Godzilla stories, but it's also just like one of the trippiest, goofiest Godzilla movies as well. Um, it has like this really crazy like James Bond type opening song sequence. Um, there's a dance club in it with like these go-go dancers and they're having like uh, they're, they're tripping out and imagining all these different creatures and everything. And uh it's just really cool. Like the, the monster, uh, Hedorah, is this like transform. It, it comes, it's basically a sea slug that transforms to a land monster. It turns turns this thing to fly around. Um, and it's just a really great flight speed of Godzilla. Godzilla flies in this. He uses atomic breath to fly. So it's like they were just taking every possible idea at the time and throw it to Wall Street Sticks. It is a weird movie. Um, just things kept happening. I'm like, I don't know what's going to happen next. Anything, something new at the time new stuff happened. I was having a really fun time with it. So uh, I'm going to dig deeper in these movies. Uh, like I said, the first one I saw, um, but it was a pretty wild one. Um, so there is like a lot of history with like Godzilla and like the different versions and the different movies and everything. Um, I, I do not pretend to be an expert, uh, but what I will tell you is that I j literally yesterday on Amazon purchased the Criterion Collection of the uh, Showa era Godzilla collection, the 54 to 75. I don't know if that means that's the original through whatever they released in 75. I don't fucking know. But what I do know is I like Godzilla, and it kind of doesn't matter how dumb it is. Actually, that's not true because I thought King of the Monsters was a pile of shit. But uh, I liked it when he punched the monkey. Um, I liked it when they barely showed him. Um, and, you know, I want to see the old stuff. I want to see what inspired that. So uh, 
I'm looking forward to watching these movies. So I haven't seen this one, even though I probably got a fandom question about it at one point and then had to tell Coho that it made no sense for us to ask about these movies. Uh, but sounds fun. Uh, I will, I will uh, say to the director of this one, it was his first Godzilla movie. Uh, and he ultimately went on. Um, I think he bought the rights to Godzilla and he died in 2014, but before he died, um, he's one of the people that basically got the monster verse uh, reboot started. So a little bit nice. of connection there. Well, that it's worked out so far. So uh, let's go to Jake. What do you, have you seen this? No, I haven't seen any Godzilla movies outside of the monster verse and the, the 1998 one we don't need to talk about, but yeah. The 1954 one has been on my watch list for such a long time. Uh, so that's that one I definitely want to check out, but I haven't seen it. Yeah, I haven't seen any of these. Zach, what about you? You're muted. Um, all the muted motherfuckers, I could say. Okay. Um, I have not seen any of the old Godzilla either. I do plan on watching the original one rather soon. Um, but I did see the one where Godzilla had babies with Matthew Broderick. So it counts. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, Boatman, what about you? That's a lot of fish. Uh have not seen this. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. So, uh, Jake, let's go to you. Okay. Um, I... The movie that uh, was the best movie that I logged this week is I've seen it before, but it has been so long that it felt like a first time watch. Um, I would say this movie is in the discussion for the best rom-com of all time. Uh, I am going with 1940s, the Philadelphia story as the best movie that I logged this week. Um, I think we don't, we, everybody talks about like how move the whole concept of the movie star is kind of dead now, but it was at its height in 1940 and just wrapping your brain around the idea that Cary Grant, Catherine Hepburn and Jimmy Stewart were all in a movie together at, in the primes of their careers and all delivering among their best performances. It's yeah, it's sort of incredible to think about. And in particularly Stewart, who did win the Oscar for his performance, and I think deservedly so, ju just because he delivers maybe the best drunk acting in movie history. Uh, there's a scene, there's one particular scene I'm thinking of with him and Cary Grant that it just, I could not stop laughing uh, the whole time. They're just going back and forth with each other. And Hepburn is just, and Catherine Hepburn is just able to match them. She's just such a singular, she's just such a singular presence. Just like nobody can, I mean, her voice obviously is really unique, but just sort of the, her ability to engage in comedic repartee, I think is unparalleled with, for any actress. I think she just, whenever she's just going back and forth with Cary Grant, like her and Cary Grant play, former spouses Catherine Hepburn's character is now marrying somebody else uh and Jimmy Stewart is a reporter who is assigned to cover the wedding and he sort of uses Cary Grant as sort of a way into this high society family is kind of the basic premise um but yeah it's just these it's just such a joy to see all three of these actors work at the top of their game and 
I just, I was just laughing nonstop. And yeah, I just think this movie is really special. And in, like I said, one of the best rom-coms ever made. I have not seen it, uh, but I have heard many, many, many good things. Uh, like I've said on the show before, uh, it takes a lot to get me into a classic. Uh, I, I usually end up somewhat enjoying most movies that I watch, but uh, I, I, I spend a lot of time on the new stuff. That's just me. I will, I will watch this eventually because I do really like Jimmy Stewart in pretty much everything I've ever seen him in. Uh, that one Christmas movie is kind of bad, but everything else, I think he's pretty good. Uh, so, uh, Zach, what do you think of this one? Yeah, I like it a lot. I do think that Cary Grant kind of disappears in this movie, I think just because of how big the big and great the performances by Hepburn and um, Stewart are. That like that was probably the first Cary Grant movie I saw, and he didn't like register for me as a star until I became more familiar with who he was. Um, also, this movie really thinks highly of itself with like all the history that Title City has. That this romance is the story of Philadelphia. This is the Philadelphia story. Nothing with the Liberty Bell. Come on. Oh, oh my God, uh, Bowman. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, I, I, uh, this is a movie I used to, like, not love, actually. I used to think this movie was kind of overrated, uh, because I, I don't know why. I just, when the first time I saw it, it just didn't click. And every time I've rewatched it, it has grown on me. Uh, I like this movie way more than I used to. I think it's fantastic. Uh, this, well, I think, like, just an impeccably hilarious scene is when Hepburn first meets Jimmy Stewart. And because she is pretending to be like this ultimate socialite. And she just comes in with like this very put upon voice. And it is, that is something that in the hands of lesser actress would have been cringy, but she sells it to the point where it is so funny. It is, it is such a hilarious scene. Stewart is, as Jake said, some of the finest drunk acting you will ever see. Um, and I, I do think Cary Grant gets a lot of fun moments, though. Even though, like, I think he's outshined, I still think he's good. And I think seeing him kind of trying to play Stuart and Hepburn off of each other is still very fun. Uh, Kirk? Um, yeah, I like this movie a lot. Uh, I agree with Zach. I'm glad he said it because I thought it was just me. Um, I feel like... Uh, Grant's kind of the third will in this, and but that's just because, in my estimation, Stuart and Hepburn are so big um, that it's hard to keep up with them. Nothing against Harry Grant; he's great, but they're just you know two of the biggest for me, especially Hepburn. Um, I've been really delving deeper in her this year and just falling in love with her more and more. And I, this is what I definitely want to revisit. I haven't seen in a while, um, but it's on my list so, along with the other first time watches and stuff. I want to see hers. Um, this is what I got to get back to. Okay. All right. Uh, Zach, let's move over to you. What is your favorite movie that you love this week? Yeah, this one's kind of a surprise for me because I'm not a horror movie. And reasonably, this is one I could have seen uh, when I was 10 years old in theaters if I saw anything that wasn't talking animated animals at that time. But I was still very much a, a young 10. Um, and I watched Blair Witch Project for the first time yesterday. And me being um, a little, little uh, we'll say, high from my wisdom teeth removal, <laughs> a little post Rhythm teeth procedure, uh, woozy. So maybe that helped a little bit. But I really like it's remarkable how this holds up so well. Mm -hmm. 
became a genre of its own and uh, like started the genre. It is the best of the genre of found footage horror. Um, it's still like super creepy without like just by atmosphere and by the use of the camera and sound because they like barely show anything. Everything is kept so mysterious and vague in a way that I think is is great. Like you don't fully understand the horrors that are happening even at the end, um, which helps your imagination take off in a scarier route. And honestly, I know the like performances got trashed when it came out, which is bad because these performances are really good. I think the lead is really good. They're very naturalistic and, you know, the talking to the camera, um, that what's her name? Hillary. I'm forgetting her name right now. But um, when she does Heather. that, that, Heather, thank you. The famous scene of her talking to the camera is like very effective and, and very you know authentic, you know, showing the fear. Um, so I, I never in a million years thought I would have been a fan of this, but I, I found it highly effective. Uh, yeah, I haven't seen this since high school, um, but I liked it when I saw it. Um, I even didn't hate that 2016 reboot. Um, I've never seen the second one that's called like Book of Shadows or something, but then has nothing to do with a book. That's what I've been told about that film, that it's literally subtitled like Book of Shadows. There's not even a book or something. Uh, so I do want to watch that for the meme. But uh, yeah, I mean, I liked it enough in high school, but didn't really feel anything. My favorite review for this on Letterboxd is actually uh, my wife's and it's one word. It just says, sure. Uh, that kind of sums up how I feel about this movie. But I'm glad you liked it. I love horror, so maybe I need to give it a rewatch. Maybe I need to try it again. Uh, Bowman, what do you think about Blair Witch? You know, I've never seen this. I, I, I've I, been living with the discourse about whether, like, I've lived through, like, three or four, like, no, the Blair Witch is good, actually. The Blair Witch is bad, actually. Nope, it's good again. Nope, the backlash to the backlash to the backlash to the backlash. And the the discourse has kind of killed any interest I have in this movie. Okay. Kirk? Um, yeah, no, I love this movie. Uh, you know, Zach talks about being a kid when you saw it. I was a full-blown adult. Um, me and Kathy went and saw it with a couple of our friends. And we were spending the night uh, the night at their house, and so um, after the movie, we come home and they have like us on the you know the fold out couch and everything. And they're saying good night. They go turn out the light. And I'm like, no, you gotta leave that on tonight. Um, and this just like just like Zach said, um, the way it ends and just leaves it to your imagination. This movie, I spent weeks just fretting over this movie and you know what did it mean? What happened? Why did it go down the way it did? Um, and the thing is, like, when this came out, the, the internet was in its infancy. If this came out today, like, you know everything about it in five seconds. But the internet was in its inf infancy. So they were selling it as something that really happened. And the internet was weak enough. Communication on the internet was weak enough at the time where that idea could still kind of, like, everybody, at the core, you knew that it wasn't real. But there was still enough out there that you're like, oh, maybe it is, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and then like Bowman said, like all the discourse after, because I remember everybody was freaked out by it that summer. And like come fall, it just all, out of nowhere it just became really cool to hate on this movie. Say, oh yeah, it's not scary. Um, but I never uh, bought into that. This movie has always terrified me, and I love it. All right, Jake Blair Witch Project. What do you think? So I have I saw it once uh, at home, and I was not a huge fan uh when i watched it i mean i like horror movies a lot um there are some found footage movies that i really horror horror movies that i really like but i don't know i just 
I was I just couldn't really get on the wavelength of this one. Maybe just because it was such a it had permeated pop culture so deeply that it just didn't really feel I don't know, I guess it just didn't really feel novel to me. I don't know. It's sort of hard for me to kind of go in depth as to why I didn't like it because they're like I think it's one of those movies that I feel like the final shot is like really good and like really terrifying, but I just don't really feel like the the movie earns it up to that point. Um, I just didn't really find it that scary. I didn't really find the actors terribly convincing. Um, some good snot work, though. I will I will give Heather that. Um, but yeah, I just was. It just didn't really click with me, and I feel like I need to go back to it, though, because everybody loves it so much, and I just feel like I'm missing something. All right. Fair enough. Uh, Zach, you brought this up, so... Okay. Uh, all right. So we're going to move on to my favorite movie that I logged this week, and uh, I didn't watch a ton this week. I, I had a busy work week, so I haven't had much time, but um, I did get a chance to go and see Nope. Uh, which is my my choice. Uh, I really really love this. I um, I like Get Out quite a bit, um, but I don't love it as much as like everybody else did uh, when it came out, um, and still does. I guess like I hear people say it's like one of the best movies like ever made. I'm just I, I don't know about that, fam. But it's 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 real good. It's really good. But us, I did not like at all. Like I I I really don't like that movie very much. Um, I think from a technical perspective, it's incredibly well made and the acting is fantastic, but the story and the rules and everything are just bullshit and don't make any sense. Uh, but this, on the other hand, I thought was awesome. I really, really liked Nope. Uh, I think I liked it as much as Get Out and could possibly like it more upon rewatch. Um, I just, I found the whole... Um, Again, I don't want to spoil anything, but like I found the whole like uh, meat of the movie, which again, like it's kind of in the trailer, but I still don't want to spoil it because I feel like the the trailers are like really what the chat, yeah, leave it alone. Uh, if the uh, what are you talking about, Spence or the other thing? No, I'm talking about only Putin to find us. What's yeah. Putin have to do that? Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, but I. Uh, I thought just like the the villain, I guess you could say, like the 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 thing they're going against in the movie, I found really fascinating, um, and it kind of turns from like a it kind of like changes genres midway through almost, and I really liked that. Um, and there was some stuff that I saw online, like I know, like uh, Kirk and Brian, I saw you guys talking about it on a letterbox there there's a certain like uh plot like thing that not even plot thing like uh character development thing that they spend a lot of time on in the movie that doesn't 100 work but i was still really moved by it and i liked it nonetheless even though i think you could take it out of the movie and accomplish the same stuff i think it like it like worked really really well for me i just i was enthralled literally from beginning to end i i would there was not a moment i was bored during this movie um i thought all the performances were really really good um there are a couple characters that you know 
I, at the end of the day, like we're kind of wasted almost, but the core of Daniel Kaluuya and Kiki Palmer, I thought was really good. And I don't remember the actor's name, but the guy who plays angel, I thought was, was, was very, very good as well. So I really enjoyed this movie. I want to go see it again. Um, but Lord knows that probably won't happen. So, uh, Bowman, I know you haven't had a chance to see this, right? No. no. Uh, Kirk, what'd you think? Um, I, I'm still dealing with it. That's a good thing. Um, I agree. Like I'm not as high as get out on everybody else's, but I still think it's a good movie. Um, I agree with you and us. I think us is a complete joke of a movie. Um, I think he definitely finds his footing back here. Um, but, uh, this it's, it's a messy movie. Um, but a messy in a good way. Um, I think probably technically good, get out of his best movie, but I think this is his most interesting movie, uh, because it's a lot less on the nose about what, you know, what it's about. Um, there's a lot more conversation to be had, you know, to think about, you know, just the other day, you know, we saw this last week and Kathy texted me at work the other day. She's like, Oh, and she, you know, realized something about the movie we were talking about it. Like, Oh, do you think about this? So, you know, just a week later, we're still having conversations about it. I think that's definitely a good thing. I think that's what the movie's supposed to do. Um, I don't think it's necessarily wants to give you easy answers. Uh, and I like that. Um, so yeah, this is definitely what I want to revisit because there is a lot. So, even reading like letterbox reviews, like people are bringing up stuff like, oh, I didn't think about that, or you know, I didn't notice that. Um, so it's one of those movies where it's it's there, there's a lot to grab onto, and um, so yeah, I, I overall I, I, I'm definitely leaning positive on it. Cool, uh, Jake. What about you? Yeah, I love this movie. This was almost going to be my pick for best movie I logged this week. Um, it's one of my favorite movies I've seen this year. And I think I see, I'm hearing a lot of conversation comparing Jordan Peele's career to M night Shyamalan, uh, like his early career and like before he sort of went off the rails. Um, but I'm actually kind of, I think Jordan Peele, obviously with his sensibility, maybe it's just because he used the same cinematographer that this other director does. But I think he can kind of have a Christopher Nolan style career. And I kind of hope he does where he's making, he's scaling up with each original idea that he has purely like on a visual level. Um, I think, I think he, this movie is just incredible to look at. Like he already had kind of scaled up from get out to the us, but um this movie, I think, yeah, I think it's just another level. Like, he obviously wanted to create a spectacle, which is kind of the point of the movie without giving anything away. Um, and I think I know the plot point that you're referring to. Um, I think it sort of plays into that, uh, creating a spectacle. Um, but, yeah, I just, love, I just love the visual look of this movie. Every There's a scene in particular in the middle where they sort of engage with, the the thing for the first time head on and it's terrifying like it is really intense incredible horror filmmaking from jordan peele and when you have somebody as gifted with the way their their facial expressions as daniel kaluuya at the center of it like i, I said this in my letter box review he might be the best eye actor working today like the way he uses his eyes to convey emotion. It's just really incredible to watch him. And uh, Kiki Palmer is also really good, just kind of playing a, somebody who just is like a fake it till you make it kind of person. Um, 
she does that really well. But yeah, I was just really impressed how with each movie, Jordan Peele is scaling up in terms of like his budgets have gotten exponentially bigger every time. And I think his ambition um, really, I think he, like, I, I like us more than I think either you guys, but I do think that his reach kind of exceeded his grasp with us, but it does not here. He is in full control and it really is breathtaking to watch. Zach, did you get to see this? Um, no, I'll see it next Monday because Monday is my movie going day. So I can't wait. Very excited. Nice. Uh, let us just remember, though, before we move on, that is there really a director other than Jordan Peele that's made like this, had this best run of three movies like in a row? Like, I don't think there's any director that's done. I mean, are you talking like now or like in the history of cinema? No, I, I there there was this like viral tweet that went out that this guy like put Jordan Peele's three movies next to each other and was like, "Can we just call it now? He's the best director. He's like the, the best Ever. one." And I saw Kirk like retweet it. And was like, "God, I wish people would watch more fucking." Movies. Well, and then Jordan Peele, yeah, replied to it and said, "Like, sir, please put the phone down." Or yeah, he was like oh, saying something about that. Like, He's like respect John Carpenter. Yeah, respect name. John Carpenter. Yeah. yeah, he was something like that. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. I didn't know he replied to it. That's fantastic. Yeah. All right. Uh, we're gonna move on to our least favorite movie that we logged this week. Boatman, you are gonna kick us off. What do you got for us? Yeah. <laughs> Random is a league, is a division, sure has is. movies. Some of those are very bad. What? Jason goes to hell, everybody. <laughs> I I hated it and myself. Uh, I I didn't have a good time. I had a really bad time. My rule for half stars, uh, as you may know, is I have to be able to say nothing positive about the movie, and I can't. Like, there's nothing good about Jason Goes to Hell. Like, I, I just... It's... It's trying to go, like, more ridiculous and supernatural with it, but it does it without being any fun. Like, there's no fun. It's just... It's... It's bland without... It, it's excess... It's accessible without, like, being interesting. And I can't... I, I did, I don't enjoy it. I just I had a bad time, very bad time. Yeah, uh, you're not alone, buddy. This movie sucks. This movie's a piece of shit. <laughs> uh, I I I love horror icons. I really do. I I love my Freddy. I love my Jason, and I definitely love my Michael. Uh, but this, uh, yeah, this is the worst Friday the Thirteenth movie. It's probably the worst horror icons movie. I'm trying to think if there's a nightmare movie I like less. There's one Friday the 13th movie I like less than this. Which one? A new, new beginning. beginning. Yeah. That's fair. The only reason I kind of like that one a little, a little, they're both one star movies to me, but this one like claims to have Jason in it, but then it's just Jason and a bunch of other people's bodies. And then there's like these like fish heads that like pop up and like 
there's just some like crazy fucking shit in this movie and it's terrible uh i guess you know what oh that's tough because i do the only positive thing i will say about this movie is i do like the fact that it was the first new line uh inspired or new line produced friday movie and that they did the freddy claw at the end um i like that as just like a big freddy krueger fan and a big apologist to freddy versus jason i fucking love that movie uh yeah, so <laughs> this this excites me uh but that's about it uh it, it's it's really bad i hate watching this thing and uh but that didn't stop me from you know buying a $200 collector's edition Friday the 13th Shout Factory Blu-ray box set because that's the only way you can get this movie on Blu-ray. So I uh, I did that. But, you know, we can't all be brave souls like me. Uh, Kirk, what do you think about this one? Have you seen it? I haven't seen this one. You guys are making me want to see it less. There. All right. Uh, Jake. Yeah. Yeah, don't watch this. This movie's terrible. Uh, it, yeah, like I was saying, it's probably my second least favorite Friday movie. Um, but that's not like some. I like I think four or five of them rated one star or half star on Letterbox, so they kind of bleed together, for lack of a better term, in terms of how terrible some of the Friday the Thirteenth movies are. But yeah, this one it's just is pretty inept uh, all the way through. Um, but I will say, I will give it some credit. It is, like, appropriately gross when he switches bodies. Uh, the whole, like, the weird, gross black tongue coming out is, like, a suitably gross. But, no, the whole, it's, the whole thing is a joke and stupid. I agree. Zach? Um, yeah, I don't know why you guys waste your time with horror sequels. I, after watching all Texas Chainsaw movies for Match Gets Lucas, I promised myself never again. So I will never watch this. Uh, hey, listen. <laughs> Some of the Texas Chainsaw <laughs> are okay. Not watching like seven of them in three days. Ne next generation. <laughs> Is that what it's called? The next generation? or Is that the McConaughey one? Yeah. That shit's terrible. Yeah. That shit's awful. And but did you watch did you have to watch the Netflix one? The new one? No, this was a, more than a year ago. So oh, I avoided that. Netflix one. It's not a bad time. Nope. Uh, okay. <laughs> so Kirk, let's get you. All right, I talked about the best time I had watching a movie uh, this week. I'll talk about the worst time, uh, most boring anyway. Uh, past, uh, over the past month or so, I've rewatched Tombstone a couple of times. Great. Um, once for trivia, and then like a week later, I overheard a friend say uh, that she had never seen it before. So I swooped in and remedied that. We all did like a backyard movie night. It was a lot of fun. Um, I love that movie. Every time I watch it, I just love it more. Um, so I'm thinking, I, you know what? I've never seen Wyatt Earp. Um, for no other reason than just to compare and contrast, maybe I should watch that. And it wasn't good enough reason. Um, this movie, as good as Tombstone is, that's how bad this movie is. Uh, it's not bad on a technical sense, just really, really dull. Um, it's three hours, it's over three hours long, and it puts in a lot of Wyatt Earp's life that you just don't care about. Um, that's not interesting is his, his, you know, him growing up, his more, more about his brothers, um, during the civil war and stuff. And it's just, it's, it's, it's like reading like a bad Wikipedia entry. Um, 
Kevin Costner plays Wyatt Earp, uh, just like he plays Elliot Ness, just like he plays Robin Hood, just like he plays every character because the guy's carved from wood, and I have no idea how he has an acting career because he has the range of absolutely nobody. Um, but so, uh, yeah, he he's bad in every you know, and I know it's unfair to compare this to Tombstone, um, but you kind of have to. Uh, it's every almost every casting decision is a, is, is a step backwards. Um, even when it's a better actor, maybe that they play in that role, like their performance is worse. Um, one person I feel bad for is Dennis Quaid because his Doc Holiday isn't bad. And if um, if uh, the, the Tombstone version didn't exist, you know, we'd probably talk about him a lot more because he's pretty, he's the best thing in it. Um, he's not in a lot, but he's the best thing in it. Everybody else is just just completely phoning it in. And I, I read somewhere where they were filming this and Tombstone at the same time, and Kevin Costner was using his Hollywood influence that he somehow has uh, to try to like sabotage Tombstone. So it just makes me so happy to think, even you know, twenty some years later, you know, everybody loves Tombstone and nobody even talks about this movie. Um, yeah, don't watch your time. Waste your time. The the one reason I'm glad I watched this is because I know I only could watch Tombstone from now on. I never have to watch this again. So, I, I just watched Tombstone for the first time this year, and I, I really liked it. Um, I, I didn't know that there was all this Kevin Costner hate. Do we? Do we hate Kevin Costner? Yes, rightfully so. He's yeah. bad. I guess I. I guess I don't have a a strong opinion about Kevin Costner in in any certain way. I guess uh, I. I, I guess maybe I'm a, a, a punk for liking Dances with Wolves, but I, I kind of like Dances with Wolves. Like, sorry. like Not it, his worst movie or performance. Fair. Uh, I guess, yeah, I've, I've never seen this. I don't intend on watching it because I like Tombstone. Uh, but I guess I'm just, I'm trying to think of other Kevin Costner movies now. Uh, yeah, I guess you I You want me to like, go ahead, Tim? I don't like Field of Dreams, really. Yeah. I like the Untouchables. What about, Kirk? What about the Untouchables? Like I said, he plays it. Anybody who plays Elliot Ness, Wyatt Earp, and Robin Hood as the exact same character is not a good actor. All right. Okay. Fair. Um, all right. Fine. I guess I liked him in Molly's Game. There you go. Uh, go ahead, Boatman. In 1991. Uh, Kevin Costner starred in a movie uh, about a terrible tragedy. And that terrible tragedy was Brian Adams choosing to exist. Robin Hood Prince of Thieves is an awful movie and does not deserve. There's good parts of it. Kevin Costner as Robin Hood is like top five worst performances ever for me. I hate it so much. Like if I'm talking personally, not like objectively personally, I hate that. I hate that performance. Uh, Brian Adams sucks. I haven't seen his wider, but uh, I plan on dying first. I, I, I liked draft day. I like let him go. McFarland USA. Uh, Jake. What I do don't you like do? McFarland USA. Okay, I do love the I love the Untouchables. I'll just say that. But yeah, anyway, he is, um, he is good in the Untouchables. He's, he's I mean, I'll, I'll say this: I don't hate like his movies, but every movie he's in, 
would be better if it was played by somebody else. That's yeah. okay. You know what? That's a fair way I I can wrap around that. Okay, perfect. That's my Billy Crudup take. But <laughs> I have not I have not seen Wyatt Earp. I would rather just watch Wiley Burp. <laughs> uh, Zach. I'm so confused by that joke. I'm missing something. Um, anyways, uh, I haven't seen it. Um, but I want to know if you guys like his performance in the big chill. That's probably his best. Oh god. Is he in the big chill? I've never he's, seen him. He's, he's the corpse. His most lively <laughs> body. Most li- <laughs> wow. <laughs> I can only see his hand. <laughs> All right, Jake, let's go to you. Uh, what's your least favorite movie you log this week? So, like Bo- Boatman, I was uh, watching some fandom stuff uh, this week, but I, I also, most people know this. I'm not a big Christmas guy, uh, just in general, for reasons that are obvious probably to most people. Um, but I figured kill two birds with one stone, watch the fandom Christmas movies to try and get those. So I watched Muppet Christmas Carol, which is delightful. That is not the worst movie. Maybe straight. <laughs> me and Zach were sitting on the needles over here. No, no, no. No. But then I watched the Santa Claus trilogy, culminating in Santa Claus 3, The Escape Clause, which is my worst movie that I watched this week. <laughs> what an absolute turd pile of a movie this is. I think even if you like Christmas, if you like this movie, you're you're sick in the head. Because um, <laughs> this thing is just nightmare fuel. Almost Well, I, I would say uh, arguably Santa Claus 2 is more nightmare fuel because of Toy Santa. But Santa Claus 3 is just... It's like it's crazy how like you add Alan Arkin and Martin Short into a movie and these incredible actors and performers and they just they just die on arrival like they just don't belong here and getting rid of for me it's like David Crumholtz like of the few things that are good about the Santa Claus movies I would say David Crumholtz is one of them cuz he's basically the Jew elf so for me, it's like I can I can relate, uh, but he's gone because he's too old in Santa Claus Three. So they replace him with uh, Abigail Breslin's older, annoying, stupid brother as the head elf, and I just it's just a miserable time. And like the the most fun thing about these movies is to me at least is that the guy who plays Scott's son is the kid from Dunstan Checks In, which is a movie I loved as a kid. Uh, just unexplainably. So I just like, I can never unsee that. Like his son is the kid from Dunstan Checks In. Uh, so yeah, this movie freaking sucks. Uh, I hated everything about it. It tried to do sort of an alternate history a la an actual good Christmas movie. It's a Wonderful Life. And it's just like, no, please stop. Santa Claus 3. Uh if Spence actually likes Santa Claus 3. What? What? No, it's easily the worst and all of them suck. <laughs> um, so, Jake, you just blew my mind. Because uh, when I think of Spencer Breslin, I think, you know, Cat in the Hat, uh, Zoom, uh, The Santa Claus, Shaggy Dog, The Kid, all of these movies that came out when I was growing up. And uh, 
I, I learned it was today that I learned that he was Abigail Breslin's brother. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why that didn't click in my brain until this moment when you said it, but holy shit, that blows my mind. Um, at least he's also in the movie, like very briefly at the beginning. But yeah, no, uh, it's like another element. No, do not like these. Uh, I don't like any of these movies, if I'm being honest. The first one's okay. Like, I, it's it's a fine movie. Um, and the second one, I have some, like, I have some fond memories of. I haven't seen it in years, but I remember watching it as a kid and going to see it in the theater and everything. But uh, I remember seeing this one in the theater when it was coming out because my family was like, yeah, we're going to go see the Santa Claus. Yeah, Tim Allen. And I was like, okay, let's do it. And then, uh, how your parents talk? No, but (laughs) (laughs) hey, wake up, we're calling. Hey, what are we doing here? Let's get a large popcorn and some butter. Um, (laughs) Oi, Timmy, do you like those? Do you like those Jurassic Park movies? Big fan of uh, Monsters Inc. Yeah, big fan. Anyway, uh, no, this is ass, not a fan. Uh, Boatman. Look, okay. Look. Sometimes a movie doesn't have to be good. Sometimes a movie just gets to have Martin Short sing a North Pole pole centric version of New York, New York, and that's all you need. No. Look, is this movie bad? Yes. Do I have a level of nostalgia and ironic appreciation for it? Absolutely. I shouldn't, but I do. That's the situation we live in. The best one is the Santa Claus 2 because outside of the toy Santa stuff, the actual romance plot is genuinely fantastic. I actually agree with that, yes. She's like the reason the movie works, Elizabeth. Oh, absolutely. She's really good. Uh, Kirk, your thoughts on the... I should probably go to the thing, Tim, so. Good riddance. Oh, you said 9EST. Yeah. (laughs) My bad. I was thinking nine-hour time, but bye, Bowman. See ya. Bye. (laughs) Did not think about that at all. Okay, um, Kirk, uh, you love this movie. Um... <laughs> this, is, this gets a lot of play on what's the ABC family like month long Christmas? Twenty five days of Christmas. Yeah, twenty five days of Christmas calendar. And at a, at a very young oh, age, for God. some reason, my daughter latched onto this one, so we watched it a lot. And even now, because of uh, nostalgia, I think hopefully uh, it still gets a lot of play, and it makes me hate Christmas just as much as Jake does. Um, this is not a good movie. The more Martin Short is not bad at it. He's Martin Short is trying to do something. Um, he's working but, with what he's got. Yeah, yeah. But the uh, he's being a pro. But uh, the rest of the movie is is not great. Um, but I will also say that Muppet Christmas Carol is not good. I will not be taking questions. Oh my God! You son of a bitch, <laughs> man! Um, remember, Marley is one guy. <laughs> We're one Marley guy, Marley. No, um, like, Rizzo gives a kiss to Gonzo. It's the sweetest moment in movie history. That movie has some fucking peak comedy. And I will say, <laughs> about three years ago, I was at work. Uh, I work at the theater, and so every Christmas, I'm at the theater all day long. And I remember sitting there, and I had a break. I, I was working like a twelve-hour shift, and I like called Maggie, and I was like, "Yo." 
I need some food. Hook me up. Come on over. And she goes, I'll be there in a few minutes. I'm almost done with the escape clause. And I was like, what are you talking about? You spent the whole day at home alone while I was working. What? That's what I'm saying. That's what I said. It was Christmas Day. And that you watched all three Santa Claus movies in a row. I I just said it was Christmas Day and I had been working all day. My God. Anyway, uh, Zach, what do you think of uh, the escape clause? It's your favorite uh, movie. I, I remember nothing about it, uh, but they need to stop forcing Jack Frost down our throats. No one cares about Jack Frost. He's not going to be a Christmas icon. Stop putting him in shit. Uh, Santa Claus 1 rules. Uh, remember when Tim Allen kills Santa Claus and then we love him and he becomes our new hero? It's great. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, yeah, uh, I want to make a petition to get rid of the Santa Claus movies from Disney live action and reinstate uh, Cool Runnings and Heavyweights. Please and thank you. Uh, we will take all of those suggestions at the end of the year. Thank you. Uh, so, and then uh, Cody asked if he if we need to fill it. I said, of course, Cody. Hey, uh, Santa Claus three. What are your thoughts? Um, I'm gonna be real honest with you. Uh, I think my Wi-Fi is already breaking up. I'm like Boatman. Um, listen, this movie. I love the first one. The first one is a, a. I love it. It's my Christmas. One of my Christmas movies. Uh, second one is a weird way to just have to get married really fast. That just leads to divorce rates. They weren't thinking about that when they made the movie. And then um, I got uh, married. <laughs> great. I'm proud of you. And then this one is just like Martin Short. I don't even watch it. Well, for once, oh it's God. not really bad. So, yeah. <laughs> I'm switching my Wi-Fi. We'll be fine. Sounds good. We'll see you in a bit. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. So we already got Kirk. This was Jake's. Okay, Zach, let's go to you. Yeah. Um, there's nothing I watched this week that I didn't like to some extent because I don't I try to avoid the bad movies unlike you, you trivia players. Now in my mostly retired life, I could enjoy myself. Um, so the one I like least liked, um, I'm going to say the name right because I don't think I got it right once, is uh, the, the Sea Beast. Not the Sea Demon and not what my child calls it, the Sea Dragon, because I caught it that many times. It's the Sea Beast. Um, movie's fine. Um, I, I think the lead character is really enjoyable and a good heroine, but the animation is so underwhelming when you have... Something that revolves around, you know, any kind of creatures that you can imagine anything you want. You got to do something creative with it and set yourself apart um, from all the other, you know, how to train your dragons or other things. It's kind of a flat design for your dragons. Uh, but I like the attempt at making, you know, a straightforward adventure film for kids um, without relying on bad, bad humor. I think it takes kids really seriously. I just wish it looked a lot better and i wish uh, like the psychers and carl urban's character is kind of boring and flat i wish there was as much um you know freshness as the lead girl had as well so no big takes but it's a meh movie for a movie that a lot of people seem to like this is on netflix right yeah yeah i haven't watched it um i haven't i didn't even know what it was or that it was coming out and then um i saw people starting to log it and i was like oh okay um, I always say I'm going to, this is, uh, if I'm being completely honest, I keep saying I'm going to watch Netflix movies. They come out and I go, yeah, that seems good. I'll watch that. And then I, and then I watch it in four years. Um, unless you're directed by Martin Scorsese or Noah Baumbach and you're putting it out on Netflix, I'm not going to watch you right away. I'm sorry. Um, even the gray man, which is like a movie made for me. 
I said last week on the show, yeah, I'm going to check this out right away this weekend. No, I didn't. I didn't fucking watch it. I got shit to do besides watch shit on Netflix. Uh, but I'll, I'll maybe get there one day. Uh, Kirk, have you seen this? Yeah, I've seen it. Uh, this is another one Sup T was selling high on. Uh, he watched it. was like, hey, you guys need to watch this with me, Kathy, sat down. And I was on board for a little bit until like 10 minutes in. I'm like, oh, this is just How to Train Your Dragon. Got it. I've seen that movie. It's better than this. And I checked out completely because it didn't have anything new to offer. Um, I completely agree with uh, Zach. The character design, that was another big white play. So boring. The the main creature is just, like, you could be anything. And it's just, just this red, pinkish blob. And um, it was not fun to look at. Some of the side creatures were cool and stuff. But some, like, the ones, like, they introduced real briefly and fought and killed fast um, were better than looking at the main character. Um I know it's a kid's movie and you got to have a kid in it and do kid kind of stuff. Um, but I kind of, I just kept thinking like how much more interesting it was. If it was more like an adult themed kind of uh, animated movie. And it was about the captain and just his drive, like a Moby Dick type thing. And how far will you go to do this? I think it could have been, there was potential there. Um, but like I said, just making a cheap, how to drain your dragon knockoff. You, you don't, you don't need to watch it, Tim. You've seen that. You're, you're, you're good to go. Perfect. Uh, Cody, have you seen this? No, I just love the mixed reviews that are coming in for this movie because, like, Kirk Kirk hates things. Kirk doesn't like joy in many things. Like, Nazario and them were, like, four stars. His son, Kirk's son, was a four and a half, which he can't rate movies to save his life. Um, Kirk's and son then, is on Letterboxd? Oh, he is. He is YLS's biggest fan, and uh, I have to shout him out because he also has trash takes. Um, so is my son now, by the way. <laughs> He's 13, so I can't yell at him too hard because I think there's laws. Um, but Zach Ford giving it three stars, and we don't agree on stuff, but I kind of take his opinion on this movie. We do agree on stuff. Yeah. Uh, Jake, have you seen this? I have not, and I have nothing else to add. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Uh, Cody, do you want to give us a worst movie along this week? Oh, sure. I can do that. Hold on. There's a lot of trash I can do. Um, okay, so, so fandom's been really fun. I'm glad I went on this journey because Coho sucks. Um, it's true. I, I, I think I'm gonna abandon this at some point because I'm going through the 80s now. No, um, yeah, you, just, you need to stop doing this. You know, seriously, we need to stage an intervention. <laughs> this is the end, really. Like, why um, are you doing this to yourself? No, I think so. Going. <laughs> so, uh, so let's get into Papini. I'm watching, I'm going on a journey of every fandom film in theatrical order. Um, so there's a movie that this community as, as a whole has rated far above what it should be. Um, I've seen the live action version of this and it's quality. Like it's quality. Um, some would say Oscar winning. Um, but the animated Lord of the Rings is a horror movie that I will not get out of my memory at any point in time. The imagery in this alone is terrifying. Um, the animation doesn't look good, like, at all. Like, I don't know, because, like, I've watched, like, early Disney, and I'm like, wow, they did really good for the 30s and 40s. Holy crap, how? And then this is, like... Dr a lot of drugs. I understand a lot of drugs were happening in the seventies, but they, they came to life. The like, the camera work—it's like all rushed into one. I think this movie and people have it like three stars, two and a half stars. I don't believe they watched this movie. Robert I do Parker not. Has it at a four. 
Well, he's an idiot. We all know that. But anyways, um, uh, like it was in review. Like it was, um, he rated stuff that he saw like three years ago and gave it two and two and a half stars because he didn't remember what it was worth. And then he rewatched it. He's weird. But anyways, this thing is terrible, especially when the other one exists. If you've never seen Lord of the Rings, fine. And this is your first thing. Give it what you want. But to, the people have this rating. I think they either didn't watch it or watched it on two times speed. Coho definitely did. There's no way he watched this on normal speed. Uh, not a chance. It, it's just awful. And Moonraker, I watched that. That was god awful again. And Star Trek, the motion picture, how it continued after that is sad. Because that thing is so bad. So bad. Those are three, but that May Lord of the Rings. Don't watch it. Yeah, this is uh, one of my uh, reviews on Letterboxd that, like, once a month, I'll just get a random like on from some random person. And the review is, uh, they do Sam dirty in this motherfucker. Uh, because straight up, Sam just walks around and goes, uh, Mr. Frodo! Uh, we gotta get to Mordor. It's it's so. Fucking I watched funny. it on thirty minute increments because I couldn't sit through the whole city. Uh, I've seen it an unbearable amount of times in the last few years. Uh, I I, I don't plan on watching it again anytime soon because I don't play fandom anymore. Um, like I would maybe watch it if I picked Middle Earth for like a War Zone strength, but no, just do live action. Well, that's what I've been doing. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, I just, yeah, not a fan. Uh, there are things about it that are, I think are interesting. Um, I like John Hurt, uh, as Aragorn. I think he, he, he does a good job with the voice acting. Um, I think overall the, like, if you're looking at it from like a pure, like, what they were able to fit in from these movies in two hours and 15 minutes. I think it's, it succeeds in like getting the Lord of the Rings story like across, but like, I think as somebody who's like read the books and like a big fan of the books and everything, but like it doesn't succeed as like being an animated movie, which is like one of the big parts of it. Like it's really tough because I think they do some stuff, with the source material that is really interesting, but at the end of the day, the movie is just so, so poorly made. Um, it, it's just like, it's kind of unwatchable. Um, but yeah. Uh, just saw Kirk's sure. comment. That's great. Um, yeah, I, I haven't seen this movie like as in I'm any sorry, way that what? I can remember. Um, yeah, I wanted to know the answer to that. Uh, but I, uh, I remember as a kid this being on, and I didn't at that point. I, I had no idea like what the Lord of the Rings was, um, but I just remember the images from this and being horrified by like the orcs and Gollum, yeah. but also like by the hobbits because like everything in this is just. I, I looked at my parents like, "Why are you showing this to me? I'm just a kid. This is going to start <laughs> for life." Um, so that's like my only like real contact with it. I've never bothered to go to it, um, especially since the the, the actual movie came out. Okay. Uh, Jake? Yeah, so I uh, I did a full Middle Earth rewatch pretty recently, like within the last two or three weeks, and but I had not seen this. Uh, so I was finally like, okay, it's time. I gotta, I gotta get this one out of the way. Um, 
I was I was not prepared for just like some of the nightmare fuel that comes from this movie. Like I am so glad I was sober when I watched it because if I were baked, I would have just like crawled under my couch and just never come out. Because <laughs> what the fuck was some of the stuff in this movie? And I just even sober, I was just like, is Aragorn not wearing pants? Just like because no, like the animation, it just nope. like he's wearing like a kilt. Yeah, but I I thought it was like leggings or something. It's just he it almost looks like you're just he's like wearing a like a little like a onesie or like a what is it? What's the what's the term? Yeah. Uh, I I forget what the name of like a, a man onesie is. Um, no, it is definitely not worse than this. Uh, is the best Hobbit movie. Uh, but yeah, no, this no, this movie sucks. Uh, just especially because I had watched the the goat trilogy before this like it's my favorite trilogy of all time the rich the 2001 through three um so then watching this after that it's just i mean a it's incomplete because it only covers like it doesn't get into return of the king at all but yeah just the animation is really shoddy like i i understand like if there was issues or whatever and the whole sort of blending in rotoscoping to give the orcs and black riders kind of a more nightmarish feel. Like if that's what you're going for, sure. But it just feels, and it's not like Ralph Bakshi is a bad director. He's not, I mean, he's made some really acclaimed movies. It's just that this just all, it looks very amateurish, I think. And for somebody who just holds this story so dear, it just is like, yeah, it's a bad time. I got mad the more I thought about Spence's comment. So while I love you, Spence, I put you in time. Yeah, no, this is not even, this is easily the worst Lord of the Rings movie. Battle of the oh, Five Armies is like the only one in shouting distance. Yeah, and it's still like far away. Uh, Zach, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I haven't seen this. I actually uh, just watched Fellowship of the Ring for the semi first time like two weeks ago. What? I I technically saw them all in theaters, but they came out and I like, slept during all of them because I like, didn't have an attention span. As a teenager, so I re I watched it. I loved it. I adored it. It would have been my favorite of the week if it, I watched it five days later. Fellowship. I'll get to the other ones eventually. That's fair. Oof. Okay. Uh, all right. <laughs> so uh, we are on to me, I believe, for this. Um, shit, I forgot to see what year this movie came out, so I'm just gonna look that up real quick so I can type it in. And there we go. Okay. All right. So. Uh, like I said, I didn't get to watch a ton of movies this week, uh, but I did watch one that was uh, really, really not good. And um, so I have this brother-in-law. Um, his I name love this uh, His name is Robert, uh, and uh, he buys movies on my Voodoo sometimes, uh, from time to time. It's funny now that this series has gone on of uh, me talking about this. Because now when I log a movie, Payson Johnson will just message me and be like, oh, this is the next one, isn't it? I'm like, you fucking bet you that is, Payson. Uh, I watched 1996's Barb Wire because Robert decided to buy it on my voodoo. And, uh, you bought softcore porn on your voodoo? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it is... Uh, it is every bit as bad as uh, I, I was led to believe. Uh, Tamara Morrison is in this, and I feel so bad because he is 
just great. I love him when he shows up and stuff. And uh, but no, 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 no. Everything about this was uh, so so uncomfortably bad. Um, yeah, did did not have a good time. I had to I had to like cleanse my palate afterwards, and honestly. Uh, I watched uh, afterwards. I watched uh, Two Guns with Denzel and Mark, uh, which honestly not a great movie, but compared to this, like holy shit, it was like Citizen Kane. Uh, there's just nothing redeeming about this whatsoever. The characters are bad. The writing's terrible. They take advantage of a lot of a lot of things in this movie. It's really gross. It's just really, really, really gross. Not a fan. Uh, Cody, have you seen this? No. I've always heard about it. I know it has Pam Anderson in it, but, like, yeah. this is not one that... I mean, I was born 91, so, like, not on my radar and never really went back to it, so... But I've always heard it was terrible, but I don't know what else we expected because she's not a great actress, so... Uh, Kirk? Yeah, I've seen it. Um, the 90s were weird. Um, like we talk now about how everything is just like a cash in, but like back in the eighties and nineties, like if anybody got popular for any reason, like imagine if they just put Kim Kardashian and like made her the star of a movie right now, that's basically what this was. Um, and it is exactly what you would imagine. Uh, yeah, like, like I remember, like Arsene, I remember have some, like some kind of like Casablanca type plot line. No, it, um, it basically is like a yeah. loose remake of Casablanca. Yeah, but I, I have very few memories of it besides that. <laughs> That's who you want to star in a remake yeah. of Casablanca. You, you just sold me on watching this now. <laughs> <laughs> me too. Well, it's on my voodoo, so. Um, Jake, have you seen this? Nope. Fair enough. And Zach. No, I haven't seen it, but I feel really sad for Robert and how lonely he must have felt the night he bought this. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 fair. Uh, okay. So <laughs> he said we all thought do it for our least favorite movies that we logged this week, and we are going to move on to our main list of movie pets while I try to navigate away from my living one that's right next to me. Uh, so, um, Kirk, why don't we start with you because you've been here the whole time, and Cody hasn't. And Cody, if you don't want to bring anything to the list, if you just want to talk about them, that's cool too. We can come up with other stuff, but if you ha find something you want to talk about, and you want to bring it up? Cool. Uh, but Kirk, I'll find something. Kirk, let's yep. start with you. Okay. Um, I'm going to go with a pet from a movie I just rewatched recently. And it's not one that really gets a lot of screen time. Um, but watching the movie this time, I realized kind of how important it is to the movie and to the character that, you know, the, the owner of the uh, dog. I'm going to go with um, Brandy, who is Blue's <laughs> dog in What's uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Blood Time in Hollywood. Um, <laughs> Yeah, this is uh, I, I like I said, rewatch this. I realized there's a lot, there's a lot of for Cliff Booth. I'd describe him as very a very melancholy character, very lonely character. Um, he has the friendship with Rick Dalton, and I think I think that's a sincere relationship. But I think Rick Dalton just has too much of his own stuff going on to really be uh, the 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 complete friend that Cliff needs. I think it's a little bit one sided, and I honestly think it seems like uh, Cliff's relationship with Brandy is. 
you know, the, the most complete relationship he has in his life. And um, I think that scene uh, in the uh, beginning of Cliff driving from uh, Rick's place to his trailer, um, so much great stuff going on there, but I think it shows you like his loneliness and his separation from people. And um, when he gets to his trailer and you see the dog and, um, you know, they basically eat the same. You know, he gets the, uh, the, the dog food out of the can and, you know, he's making the mac and cheese. And Kathy pointed this out to me. We were watching uh, this time. He doesn't add any, he doesn't put like any milk or anything in the mac and cheese. He just puts the powder and it eats it dry. Um, so, I mean, there's just like that connection there between the two of them. And you see that like he's strict with the dog, but there's also he, he really loves the dog. And, um, you know, he's very sentimental with it. Um, and I think like, in you know, there's, there's a lot of correlation between the relationship between Cliff and Brandy and the relationship between Rick and Cliff. Um, like I said, I don't think Cliff or Rick treats Cliff like a dog, but I think, you know, you see, uh, Cliff sitting around waiting for, for Rick to do his thing a lot. And then you see Brandy sitting around waiting for Cliff. So I think there's a lot of parallels there. Um, and just the ending, um, I won't spoil it for anybody uh, who hasn't seen it, but, uh, just they do something very, very cool together. And, you know, Brandy at this point is just like the fantasy dog, like exactly the, what you would want a dog to be able to do in that situation when you need it to. It does the exact right thing. Um, so I just really, again, it's a small part of the movie, um, but I think there's a lot of little touching moments between them. Um, and I think that she's a great movie pet. Um, I love that we brought Cody onto the show so that we could talk about this movie. Um, so I, I am, Cody hates it. A lot of people love it. I'm, I'm very much in the middle. There are parts of this movie. Actually, I would go as far as to say there's not a single scene in this movie I don't like. But when, like, so watching the scenes singularly, I enjoy most of this movie. But it's that weird thing where putting it all together it just doesn't quite coalesce for me at the end of the day but i really like the movie i i like i like a lot of parts of the movie and the performances and brandy is a very good girl and if we're being honest uh has some of the best moments in the movie um i remember when this was coming out um we showed it in uh 35 millimeter or was it 70 millimeter i think it was 35 um at the theater i was at and they were so the studio was sending us like so much promotional material for this movie because we were doing one of those like limited engagements in, in uh 35 and all like we got so much brandy stuff and i was like why the fuck are they sending us all this stuff with a dog and then i saw the movie and i was like oh well that'd be why uh i think it's a great choice not one that came to my mind um but I think an absolutely very, very good pet and dog that absolutely works for this. Uh, Jake, you were visibly upset. Yeah. Taken this was the first me. one that came to mind for me as well. Uh, immediately when I like, because it was going to be on this, I was like, oh, I really hope I can get Brandy from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Because, yeah, she's just, yeah, she's just the bestest girl uh like in every way and also she eats kind of like me uh so i i relate to brandy because i eat way too much too uh so i i related to her and yeah she's just i just love it's just such a great portrayal of just like it's so simple like you don't need a lot to show how tight her bond is with cliff but like just 
she just know like she knows the whole routine like they have the whole routine and cliff is just like oh what did i say about whining um and just like you see her reactions like you don't like you don't really think about like reaction shots from dogs but you get a great one from brandy like after that uh where she's just like trying not to whine but she's like still licking her chops and you just like can know exactly what she's thinking uh the whole time and it's really fantastic and i i do i'm one of the people who loves this movie as well um and brandy is honestly a pretty big reason why even with her limited screen time um and uh zach what about you um and as much of many people do i do kind of have a little bit of a pit bull prejudice which is an attractive dog i would own one if i need to but they're just not pretty i'm a better looking dog um but i will say i'm reading i'm i'm two-thirds through the book right now and the book rules tarantino's book version of it it's really great and brandy's uh backstory is brutal and may make you uh change your opinion on that a little bit if you want to change your opinion of the movie at all because they make um what's a brad pitt's character really a horrible person in the book um maybe don't read it but it's very interesting and deepens everything brandy brandy's had a rough life so give her a moment of silence and sympathy Sorry, I was being attacked. He's got uh, a lot. Cody, breathing. Why, why don't you talk about um, it? I don't hate this movie. I wanted that on the record. I don't hate this movie. I feel like if this movie came out at the beginning of Tarantino's career, no one would have any fuss, nothing. It would have been fine. It would have been an entry. Tarantino has a thing about like building up movies. Like He has a name that goes along with it. Yes, overhype. I think this movie did not live up to any of the hype of what Tarantino brings to it. I just don't. And I stand by that. If it was the marketing department, if whatever it was, whatever it was sold, we got a bad bill of goods, and that was it. That's all I will say. Dog, fine. Wouldn't even thought about it. Not even close on my radar is what it is. But Kirk likes bad movies from time to time. It happens. You're muted, my friend. We all do it at least once. Uh, okay, so that was everybody for that one. Uh, I'm going to go next. Um, this was one that I didn't think of immediately, but, like, upon thinking about it, it actually, like, kind of was one that I really thought should be on the list. Uh, I think it's kind of an underrated movie and uh, um, a really, really good doggo. And I believe I believe it's a girl. I believe it's Samantha, but he calls her Sam in most of the movie. I am Legend, the dog, and I am Legend. Uh, this movie, I I remember seeing this in the theater, and it was just like Will Smith, Last Man Alive, zombies, like whoa. Uh, but I feel like there's a little bit more like heart to it, and like the relationship with like the dog Sam and Will Smith is like really strong to the point where like it really like you feel that bond between them uh, just like looking at their daily routine, kind of similar to Brandy and Cliff, honestly, where you're like looking at that routine and you see that like mutual respect between the two of them. And then when you get into like the actual action sequences, the way that like 
they help each other um and i think it's i think it works really really well so i think this is, this is a movie i need to re-watch i haven't seen it in a really long time um but i always remember really uh connecting to that relationship between uh will smith and the dog uh so uh that's why i went with this one and it's a little bit of a different movie a little bit of a different vibe than like most movies that have like pets and stuff um cody i am legend what do you think um i think yeah this is one i thought of uh uh, point in the movie um, overall definitely a good dog uh, to my first uh, like I didn't know, um, but definitely one that qualifies okay. Kirk my Wi-Fi acting up a little bit yeah yeah. Uh, yeah I think it's a good pick I didn't think about it just because I haven't seen this movie in so long um, but now you bring it up yeah it's a great like dog person relationship uh, where I think it's what I think that's just what we do. I think we project a lot onto, onto our pets, and I think that's what he does here. Um, but it still builds a really great relationship. And not to spoil a thing, but she dies, right? Do I remember that right? Does she die in this? <laughs> not to spoil it. Not to spoil it. This is what happens at the end. <laughs> does it happen at the end? No, it's like, not in the end. It I thought it was like in the middle. It's like in the middle of the Yeah, movie. yeah. And the, one of the hardest scenes to watch. Yeah, and then yeah. she comes back as a zombie dog and eats Will Smith. That's the third alternative. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, I remember that being tough to watch. I mean, I remember the two scenes that I remember are um, him reacting to that, and because I remember she died or just got lost, um, and him in the video store with two scenes. But yeah, good pick. Yeah, hi, buddy. I see you. Uh, okay, <laughs> uh, Jake. What about you? Yeah, spoilers for a fifteen-year-old movie. Um, but. <laughs> Yeah, I uh, this I thought about this one too. I I haven't actually seen the movie since I saw it in the theater 15 years ago. Um, I wasn't a huge fan. I, I remember I wasn't a huge fan of the movie overall, but the best part of the movie was Sam, the relationship between uh, I believe the character's name is Robert uh, and Sam Will Smith and the dog. Um, so yeah. Uh, Good. This is a good pick. I just I, I don't really remember the movie that well, so I don't really have a lot to say about it. But I do remember that was the best part was that bond. Zach, what about you? Yeah, yeah. Um, great dog. Um, I remember at the time. Uh, I feel like it immediately worked its way in dog sad dog canon. Like it was the main talking point about this movie was it's another dog. I'm, I'm interested in how many of our picks are are tragic by the end for our animals. We'll um, see. <laughs> Mine neither. But we'll see. Sad dogs. All right. Uh Cody, do you have a pick or do you want us to go to someone else? You are muted. Uh, I do have a pick. I do have All a right. pick. Why don't you go ahead? Um so mine is um the first one when I looked up, I was like, oh, this is the topic today. Cool. Um my pick is uh from Homeward Bound. Damn and I'm it. picking Shadow. Shadow. Okay, you picked the right dog, uh, at least. <laughs> oh, I was picking... I, I think all three go pretty well. I don't know if we had to break up the pets, but... um, Overall, the three. My Wi-Fi is really bad right now. I don't know if this is going to be a great show or not, but... um, 
Okay, so yeah, Homeward Bound. Uh, they three, two dogs and a cat get basically left and have to embark through the wilderness. Um, I don't like cats because I'm allergic to them, but this cat I do like. Um, I, I think it's just a, I think it's just a uh, heartwarming story. I haven't watched it in a while, but I really want to show my kids it now, just because of the like the journey and the one of the most like heartwarming endings of any movie uh, is in this movie. When I was a kid, I. I absolutely love Homeward Bound, but yeah, uh, Gold Retriever, a boxer, I think, and I don't know what the cat is. I don't couldn't tell you a cat type if I if I. Let's, I think it's a Siamese. Siamese, sure. Let's go with that. Yeah, if but you they please. Are, they are, yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> yes, but uh, yes, great, great pets. Uh, the perfect thing for this topic. Um, and they have all the screen time. So unlike the rest of them that were just in here for a short minute or halfway through the movie, mine are throughout it all because they are the story. Yeah, I've only seen this once. I watched it for fandom uh, in 2020 uh, or 2021. I don't remember when, but um, I liked it. Uh, this was just not one that I grew up with, but I, I thought it was a cute, like early 90s Disney movie. I could, I, I bet if I had watched this, as a kid, I would like it a lot more. Um, but yeah, no, it was entertaining and I like the animals, so I was a fan uh, overall. Uh, Kirk, haven't seen it. All right, Jake. Um, I haven't seen this one in a really long time. I did watch Homeward Bound 2 last year to write questions about it, and it's not good. Uh, it sucks pretty hard, Homer and Bound too. So I, I have, yeah, it's just been so long since I've seen Homer Bound. So I don't really have much to say about it. Uh, Zach, yeah, this was going to be my pick. Um, I was very concerned that someone would pick Chance before I had a chance to pick Shadow. Chance sucks. Chance is annoying. Um, Shadow is a, Shadow is a nice loyal um, leader. Um, fuzzy. I just want to put my face in that fur. Um, this movie is very was very important to me. I'm sure I saw this and the sequel in theaters, and I cared very deeply about Shadow. Um, he, he was like the the father. I wish I had. That's really mean to my father. I love my dad. <laughs> he was a fatherly dog. dog. Um, I do. Um, my family, when guests would come over, we would never turn off the TV. We would just put it on mute. And I have watched Homeward Bound a number of times on mute. And it is the funniest thing. It's just a bunch of close-ups of animal faces. So I highly recommend it. It's just like, dog, cat face, dog face. I'll watch it. <laughs> all right. Fair enough. Uh, all right. So let's move on to Jake. Or, yeah, Jake. We'll go to you. Okay. Um I'm going to, since Kirk took what my pick was going to be, I'm going to go with my backup, which is a case of a dog being smarter than its owner and just everything about him is just a delight. I'm going to pick Gromit from mm. Wallace and Gromit, specifically Wallace and Gromit, Curse of the Were-Rabbit, because it's a, an actual movie. Um, but you could also go with any of the shorts, which are also delightful. Um yeah, I just I just love Gromit's vibe uh, throughout the movie. I did re I did watch this somewhat recently, um, and it's great. The movie's great. Gromit's great. Um, he's just like it's just a really great dynamic with him and Wallace. Like, just Gromit is 
Even though Wallace is the one who's like inventing things that Gromit is the real brains of the operation and he's just always the one who kind of knows what's up uh, all the time. Um, and just the ability to uh, kind of like, kind of like what I was talking about with Brandy to like, just to be able to convey reactions with a look and we as an audience understand everything that Gromit is thinking, even though he never utters a word or even barks. I don't think Gromit even barks in any of the movie, any of the, the movie or any of the shorts. Um, but yeah, he's just, I just feel like Gromit would be just such a great hang because he's just, he's so smart and he's just like, you can, he's just a really, even though he might think that Wallace is kind of an idiot sometimes, Wallace is his idiot. If you, uh, So it's just, a, I think it's just a really sweet bond that they have and a great sort of odd couple dynamic. Um, yeah. And I know he's a, a clay dog, but I would like to have a dog as smart as Gromit uh, one day. That'd be pretty dope. This is a great pick. This is a fantastic pick that I didn't even think of. Uh, I I don't love the movie, but I, I do love Wallace and Gromit. I think that um, the characters themselves and the other shorts are really great. Uh, the movie itself, I think, it, it, it doesn't quite reach the heights of some of the earlier shorts, but I think there's still some really good moments. And I think Gromit is a highlight. I really love the, uh, like... Um, uh, like flight battle that they have, like in the in the plane. Oh yeah, where he's riding this, like the yeah that that shit's plane. really fun. And he's yeah. just like you said, doesn't bark, doesn't whine, and kind of sits there and just like through all of his like the way he's animated, you get so much out of him as a character. And uh, yeah, no, this is a great pick. I, I like this one a lot. Uh, Zach, let's go to you. What do you think about Gromit? Yeah, love Wallace and a big fan of Ardman. Um, he, he's definitely the, the stability um, for his owner, and those are always a good dynamic to have, a pet owner, the one that, that keeps the ship together. It's a funny bit. Um, but also just, um, as a lot of Ardman is, is a great, simple character design um, that's just, like, timeless. And so, I love, yeah, nothing more to say. Great movie. Cool. I wish I got the. I wish I liked it. I wish I got the hype. I do not understand these movies and the love that they get. I just not for me at all. But the dog's fine. Sure, dog's fine. All right, Kirk. Uh, I haven't seen this. Those eyes and lips on these characters creep me out. So I usually avoid these movies. <laughs> what? Why? And those big weird lips. Ugh, gross me out. <laughs> I hate art animation. It just it's gross to look at. It's really gross to look at. All right. Interesting. All right. Uh, so, uh, Zach, let's go to you. What's your first pick? Yeah, I'm going real obvious. And the main reason I wanted to be on the show, because I will take any chance to talk about my good friend, Airbud. Airbud, <laughs> uh, um, he plays basketball. Uh, he's, he's really good. He also just, like, loves the sport. Like, he doesn't do it to, to, to show off. Oh uh, he does it to bond with his teammates and his owner just because he loves to play some ball, um, even though he just happens to be really good. Um, the rules, let's just ignore that they exist for this. Um, I also have a weird obsession with uh, half -time, NBA halftime shows. 
And we just really don't have enough earbuds in our NBA halftime shows. If there's ever an earbud when I go to a Cavs game, I'm going to freak the fuck out and like save that ticket and get the dog to sign it. Um, I once was at a, a playground playing basketball and I saw almost a real life earbud. I saw a woman play with her dog and a dog missed the basket by like this much on accident. And it was just missing. It was like the greatest moment of my life. Um, anyways, great dog. Good friend. Good basketball player. Ignore the rest of the movies. I mean, football one's fine. Um, I cried terribly like the first five times i watched this whenever he has to shout like anytime they have to shout for the animal leaves like air bud just leave um his name's not air bud but buddy go go don't come back um it, it was tragic and that that lived in my brain forever so air bud it's the best let's stop doing this and watch it now <laughs> uh in june of 2021 um i watched this movie for a fandom fights match um, and it was my movie that I brought up as my least favorite movie that I logged this week uh, <laughs> when that show happened. Uh, no, no, Zach, no. Uh, this is bad. This is not fun. I do not have any nostalgia for this whatsoever. The fact that this franchise is still going in a way with like air buds and buddies and that stuff is like fucking insane to me. Um, yeah, no, 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 no likey. Uh, Cody. So I went back and watched Space Jam from my childhood. <laughs> the worst mistake I ever did was went back and watch Space Jam from my childhood. <laughs> what I refuse to do now is go back and watch this movie. I, in my head, this movie is brilliant. This movie is pure cinema gold. I loved every minute of it when I was a child. I loved the football movie. Um, I will not watch this again. What a great pick, Zach, because my seven-year-old self, <laughs> seven-year-old self says you're a genius right now. Thank so you. Well that, that's the mind I was thinking of. Naked HD XYZ also really likes AirPods, so thank you. Stop uh Kirk, Airbud. Uh haven't seen it, but Zach's excitement for it is infectious, isn't it? Like I want to go watch it right now. Sup T, go make your dad watch Airbud. Uh Jake, what about you? Yeah, nah. Uh <laughs> I do not have nostalgia for this movie either. I mean, I saw it back in the day, but yeah, I have no nostalgia for it. My favorite thing about it is that the basketball team is has the same name as my real life favorite basketball team, uh, Timberwolves. So, uh, yeah, that's all I really have to say. Yeah, Airbud is dumb. Uh, I don't want to talk about it anymore. <laughs> you're telling me you go to a basketball game and you see a dog shooting baskets, you're not going to get pumped. You're like, yeah, this is why I come to the game. I mean, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean yeah. Like, I love dogs and dogs playing. Dog, like, I love dog on skateboard videos and stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, no, just the movie just kind of blows ass. So. <laughs> That's the way to put it. Uh, all right. Um, let's go back up to Kirk. Oh, it's about to be already? Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm going to go kind of off the wall with this one. Um, there's this Hungarian movie I watched a couple years ago. It's called White God. White and God? White God. The name of the dog is Hagen. 
Um, what this movie is about a little girl, she gets a dog. 2014, um, sorry. Is that sound uh, right? Yeah, 2014, yeah. Okay. And uh, her dad, uh, I, I, it's been a while since I saw, like, for a reason, doesn't want to have the dog. So he, when she's out of school one day, he just, like, lets it out in the streets and kind of gets rid of it. Uh, so they get separated and um, they try, they're trying to fight it. It's a live action movie, it's a drama, it's a serious movie. But basically, imagine if like a Disney movie about like a plucky teenager and her pet got separated and trying to reunite, we're trying to reunite, but it's like a real live movie and it's kind of like a dra- tense drama, a little bit of a thriller. Um, that's what this movie is like. The dog gets separated. like there's little, like literally the 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 dog catcher is a villain in this movie. That's like how, like cartoon like it is, but it's not cartoonish at all. It's hard to explain. Like it's, they, they play it completely straight, and um, the dog goes out. It's like trying to find this girl, and it ends up like joining this like pack of wild dog, like like street dogs, and like they don't, obviously they don't talk or anything, but like the the way it's shot, like you get the idea they're formulating something. They're coming together. And this girl's kind of put in a position where she not only has to get her dog back, but like stop these dogs from doing whatever they're going to do. And it's a crazy movie. I, I I'm talking about it more or less trying to get people to watch it because um, it's really off the wall and it's a lot of fun. So I, that's my I, recommendation for the night. I don't do this often, but I'm going to share the letterbox page for this movie because <laughs> look at that. What is going on in this fucking movie? <laughs> There's like a thousand dogs chasing this girl. Yeah, it gets nuts. Oh my god! I am instantly intrigued by this, uh, but I have not seen it. So, uh, but it sounds really interesting. I'm I'm gonna add it to the watch list. Uh, Cody, Kirk's like it's real serious. And then the more he was saying it, it was the more slapstickish thing I've ever heard in my life. But that's life. a thing. It's not. Like, it's not at all. I know. I know you're like, it leaves, and then it becomes, it gets in with these other dogs that are dumped I'm like, what's going on? Uh, maybe I'll watch it. I have no idea. Probably not. Uh, Jake, have you seen this? I have not. I've heard of it, and I was really, when I first heard about it, I was really intrigued. Um, but I just have never gotten around to watching it. But now that uh, Kirk has brought it back up, I mean, I don't know where it's streaming or wherever, but I... I'm very, I would definitely watch it. Sounds very much up my alley. Uh, Zach, have you seen this? I have seen it. And according to Lightbox, gave it three stars, and I remember nothing about it <laughs> since 2014. <laughs> All right. Uh, I will go next. Um, I am going to pull the old Disney out of my back pocket, but I'm going to go a little recently. There were a couple mm. ones that I thought of, uh, but the one that I'm going with, uh, almost what we named Bucky. This was almost Bucky's name. Uh, Bucky was almost Dante after uh, Coco, the dog and Coco, uh, but they don't resemble each other at all, uh, which is why we didn't name him Dante. Uh, Your dog does not look like the winner of Soldier either. <laughs> well... No, but I can say Bucky, and it doesn't have to be the Winter Soldier. Uh, anyway, uh, I love Dante. Dante's a very, very, very good boy. He's a very cute boy. I don't know why, but I find these, like, pardon. I, I People get weird talking about dogs. I, I am a huge dog person. Uh, I love ugly dogs. And I think that these dogs in real life are super ugly, but I love them. I think they're so cute because they're ugly. <laughs> and so I love the way they animate Dante. 
and how he's just this like uh not really even his technically his pet but is basically like miguel's best friend uh and ends up being like his uh like spirit animal in the like uh in the dead world and everything and i just think he's super cute the way they animate him bring him uh give him personality and i like that he's just kind of like there as a side character that shows up does cute stuff because that's what i love from from my doggos uh and animated doggos always better than the real ones when it comes to movies because they they probably had a rough time making that movie but uh yeah big fan of this and i i like i like dante quite a bit and the movie just also happens to be perfect i've talked about the movie a lot on this show i think it's a masterpiece uh and yeah so um cody dante thoughts great choice great choice love the dog in this movie um i'm excited that's why i started like i'm glad i'm doing chronological because i got a lot of really good movies at the end of this run a fan of i don't die coco and i think dante is a perfect choice for it there's a few animated choices but i think this is a really good one uh, great choice yeah Kirk? I saw this movie when it came out. I haven't seen it since. I really like the movie. I have no memory of this dog. I have to revisit this movie to see what it's all about. Oh, and also, also, uh, Jake, White Gods Everywhere, Prime, Hulu, Tubi, free on Hulu, Canopy. Deck. All right. Um... Okay, Jake, your thoughts on Coco and Dante? I I love Coco. I think it's a top tier Pixar movie. Uh, in my, I don't know, it's definitely in my top ten. Um, probably even like top seven. Um, I do I do love Dante as well. Uh, I just I'm a sucker for dogs whose tongues uh, always stick out of their mouths. Uh, I just think that's the most adorable thing. Uh, like I just, I, I'm a, I'm a sucker for a derpy dog, and Dante is very derpy, but like in a really in a great way. Um, and just yeah, you just love to see the loyalty um, to Miguel. Um, yeah, he's just uh, he's a delight every time he's on screen. I I really like this pick. Kirk, that's what he looks like. Yeah, I was just looking up images of. I remember him now. It's coming back. <laughs> Uh, Zach, what do you think? Yeah, I look up pictures too to remind myself what this dog was. Because uh, what stands out to me when I think about Coco and animals is like the spirit animals, which are really cool designs and great. Um, I'm not, I'm not an ugly animal person. Mine need to be, you know, beauty contest winners. Um, I expect better. I don't. I, tongues are gross. I don't need the tongue hanging out. But <laughs> I, I, I really need to rewatch Coco though. That's my big takeaway. All right. Um. We're going to move on to So my next one is right up my alley. I'm I'm expecting to get crapped on. I do not care. In the vein of Christmas movies. Is it the rat from The Departed? I'm going I'm going with no, no. And it's still perfect. Still perfect. Love the rat at the end. Symbolism. Um, I'm going with Max from How the Grinch Stole Christmas, and yes, <laughs> the Ron Howard 
one, the perfect one. Wouldn't say perfect. A lot of fun. A lot of fun. I have so much fun with this movie. Um, I think it's brilliant. I think Max, um, especially the scene where Jim Carrey is describing, like, here's the plan. You're the reindeer. You're the main reindeer. You're the one that leads the thing. And he knocks his nose off. It's brilliant. It's funny. His reaction to, like, Jim Carrey, like, just the faces he makes. A lot of fun. This is my. This is one of my all-time Christmas movies. Listen, I've turned around. I've come around and said, It's a Wonderful Life. It's a great movie. I have a lot of fun with it. I enjoy it. Blah, blah, blah. But when I need my when I need my good slapstick funny comedy Christmas, it's this. It's Christmas Vacation. I think Max is the perfect dog. He helps he helps the Grinch uh, turn around Christmas, helps pull the uh, sleigh back onto it. So yeah, Max. Um, I love this movie. Uh this I Cody and I are very similar in that way. We're like we we share a lot of nostalgia for certain things and this is this is one of them i love this movie i i and i love max max i love max in all the versions uh the original animated classic um this the new one uh, by illumination i think max is great in in all of the versions of the grinch but um yeah just having the real thing here and having jim carrey play off of a dog is is very fun and very funny so yeah i'm a big fan of this pick i was hoping you would pick this i felt like it's kind of up your alley uh so yeah great job uh kirk yeah i'm not a huge fan of the movie um but this dog is kind of the best thing about every version of the story uh he's just like the perfect employee who has a really dumb boss but can't do anything about it, so you just kind of got to do what the boss says, even though it's going to end really badly. Um, and you know, you see it coming from a thousand miles away. They don't. You, you got to live with the consequences. Uh, so I just love that kind of character, and uh, he encapsulates that so well. So yeah, it's a, for the for this topic, solid pick. Uh, Jake, um, to continue our, our conversation about my feeling about Christmas movies from earlier, uh, this will come as a complete shock to absolutely no one. Not a fan of this movie. Uh, granted, I have not seen it since the year 2000. I went to the theater and saw it, and I was like, yeah, nah, I'm good. Even 11-year-old me was like, yeah, nah, I'm good. So, uh, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> Zach! 11-year-old me also knew it was trash at the time and made fun of my 5-year-old sister for liking it and thinking that was the true version of Grinch Who Stole Christmas. Because I love the cartoon short, and I've watched that you know, year my whole life. I um, mean, that, that's a great dog. Um, and, and definitely is a good example of the loyalty of dogs. that They they're still do their thing, even when their owner is a shithead. <laughs> and um, so it's, it's a good example of a type of dog character um but the talk about nightmare fuel this is nightmare fuel fucking grinch is a disaster um they love it they they did not learn soon enough to stop making live action dr seuss movies they should have stopped at zero uh all right um let's go to jake for his second pick okay um i'm between a couple here um, I was thinking, like, do I make my kind of nostalgia pick, uh, or do I go a little more straightforward? Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make my nostalgia pick, 
here, though. I, I think this movie is subjectively better than Airbud. And I also objectively think that Milo is a better dog. Milo from the mask. I dude, my I, pick. I almost picked this. So fuck yes. I love it. Yeah. I I liked I liked the movie a lot. Like even I loved it when I was a kid. I had the biggest crush on Cameron Diaz's character in that movie. Um I uh yeah, I just I think Milo is another guy another one where it's like the uh the dog is smarter than the owner. Uh kind of a little bit of a theme here with my picks. I mean Milo and like just Milo is just so loyal. He's so smart. And it's obviously the effects don't hold up great when you but when he puts on the mask, like when he does the thing uh it's pretty great it's pretty hilarious uh so yeah i don't know if i'm coming through okay or if i'm breaking up a lot no you're good uh you're good. okay um yeah uh i just think that yeah i just think milo is just such a he's just such a good companion for stanley um even when stanley makes really terrible decisions just the I mean, just why I love dogs so much. The, I will always be a dog person, just the loyalty. And I think Milo is just such, just has the heart of a lion and I love him. Uh, also just really cute. I just like, I'm a, I'm, I like a good Jack Russell Terrier. Uh, so yeah, go with Milo. Yeah, I seriously was so close to picking this, but I haven't seen the movie in a really long time. And I remember always loving Milo, but I don't have like specific scenes or anything to like think of. So I was like, ah, I don't want to pick it because I won't have much to say. So I'm glad you picked it and it's on the list uh, from the director of Nightmare on Elm Street 3 Dream Warriors. Great movie. Uh, yes, I, another Jim Carrey classic. Uh, I Yeah, I remember seeing this when I was a kid and thinking it was like the most edgy thing that I was ever shown. Because what year did this come out? 94? So um, I, I remember being shown this uh, as, a, as a younger kid and thinking it was just fucking awesome. And I have so much nostalgia for it and I'm just such a big fan. Uh, however, uh, Son of the Mask should be buried uh, and never watched. And it is on the list of movies that Robert has bought on my voodoo. So um, there's that uh but i love this one so uh let's go to zach what do you think about the mask you are muted i didn't know if i pressed the button okay um the fact that we picked two jim carrey movies in a row has just like destroyed this whole episode it, this is a disaster uh what? Jim, jim i like picked at a young age like at 1994 me and my brother were like we're the anti-jim carrey team and um I watched them, never worked for me. We had a weird thing where we felt like we had to pick Adam Sandler and Jim Carrey, which I did not think existed outside of our household, but we were an Adam Sandler household and anti-Jim Carrey. Because he was stupid and overacted. Wow. Okay. Cody, the mask. At least we have a time, date, and place when he became a you know a film asshole on the internet. So that's perfect <laughs> to know. We have a track down moment where he's like, "I'm better than everybody." So you were you were that kid on the playground that people threw rocks at. I understand now. Listen, this is a really Always. great choice. 
yeah, you figure I would have thrown them at you. Listen, this is a really good choice. The mask, I I haven't seen in a really long time, but I can probably still quote a majority of that movie. I absolutely love it. I think this is a perfect dog. I didn't even think about it. I think this is a really good choice. This just proves that Jim Carrey is really good with dogs. I like that. I like to think that. So we're good to go. On that. Uh, Kirk. Yeah. Uh, two Jim Carreys, two green Jim Carreys. What green Jim Carrey was the better dog owner? Um, and I think we're, smoking. We're, are they are they like I don't know are they the same breed? They're both dogs the same breed. They, they're no. kind of similar, aren't they? They're both they're both little yippy dogs. Uh, no, I think Max, Max is a different breed. I don't think yeah, Max, Max is, is bigger. Um, okay, and Max like a binge or something. Like Two movies I haven't seen in a real long time. So yeah, I remember Milo being there. Um, I haven't seen this movie since it came out. Um, I have faint memories of him being the dog. I remember there were some interactions. Don't remember too much of it. Uh, probably a good pick. He saves him from prison. He, he rescues him, I'm pretty sure. I remember him being in the cell. Milo! Uh, anyway, great pick. Yeah, uh, and I believe we are on to Zach mm-hmm. for the final pick of the list. I, I did not remember if we had two picks or three picks. So I'm going to give a really quick shout out. This is not my pick to the cat in Silence of the Lambs that gets abandoned um, when the girl gets abducted. Um, and that cat like gets just left in the house forever and it makes me really sad. It like lives in my nightmares. My real pick... <laughs> Um, my real pick is uh, the real comic genius, um, Steve Martin, is Shithead from The Jerk. Um, I rewatched The Jerk recently, and I, I'm starting to get convinced it's the funniest movie that has ever been made. I like, I'm, I'm a hard laugh, I usually only laugh at myself because I'm like an egotistical asshole. Um, and Wait, I, I gotta stop you, I've never seen this movie. The animal's name is Shithead, yes, yeah, can it confirm. And I can't confirm he's an egotistical asshole, but you must move me. on. Thank you. Okay. Uh, but th- this movie had me laughing throughout, and I like watched the ukulele scene uh, like 10 times in a row and laughed at the end of that every time. Now, Shithead is also just a really good bit. Um, you know, the, the bit when the dog comes in, it's Steve Martin thinks it's like a lassie moment, and the dog is barking with a message, and that's the building is on fire, and they have to evacuate the whole building. It's a great thing because there is nothing happening, and someone calls him a shithead, and he takes that as his name because um, the whole character is naive. Um, and also, just the size of the dog is really important because Steve Martin just looks really funny, and his like awkward stance he makes himself look taller than he is holding this little this dog um, especially at the end where he's like taking everything away from his house he's like i'm taking the lamp and the blanket and the dog and he has to hold everything in his arms as is like one last thing it, it's a great running joke throughout um and a great name i'm a sucker for like calling innocent things swear words um so dog with a swear name always funny I have heard only great things about this movie, but I've never seen it. And I want to watch it because I do love Steve Martin. Um, I think he's always great. Um, so, yeah, I do really want to watch it, but I've never seen it. Uh, Cody. So I made the mistake. Actually, Boatman made the mistake. Boatman picked this movie for me, Mike Hanley, and him. And then Spence and Scully were on the call. And let me tell you, the two did not <laughs> come around to this movie at all. Uh, I think even Steve Martin says a word in there that uh, took them both by surprise and, like, shocked. Um, I love the Animal Choice. I love this movie. It is so funny. Uh, it's painful how funny it is at times. Um, 
again, I will suggest anybody that watches it, please just go in like with like seventies on the mind instead of like modern day because you're there are going to be some taboo things, but it's really funny. I I think that's an underrated comedy, um, and it honestly should have been in my top one hundred when I watched it last. I think it's it will it will be in my top one hundred now after you watch like top fifty. Well, no one cares what you think, but yeah. I love you, man. Kirk. Uh, yeah, I, I remember this movie from when I was like real young. I like my family watching it, and everybody loved it. Uh, and I hadn't seen it since I was a kid. I went back to it because it was on uh, Brian's Top 100. Uh, and I wasn't expected to like it because it really doesn't seem like my type of humor. Uh, but I loved it. It was great. Um, this is just peak Steve Martin. Uh, the dog bit is great. So many great little bits in it. Uh, and yeah, definitely. this uh, good movie, dog. Uh, Jake, have you seen this? Yes, but it's been a really long time, and I really do not remember a lot of the movie. I remember liking it at the time. I saw it when I was in college, so a while ago um, is what I'll say. Uh, but, yeah, uh, I remember liking it at the time. I don't remember. I don't even know what kind of dog shithead is. So, um I'll have to look that up after this is over. But yeah, I just don't really remember it at all. But I remember liking the movie back when I saw it. And it also comes up, it's a big plot point in a, a TV show I absolutely love, Freaks and Geeks. Oh, nice. All right. Uh, so that's our list. Go over to the Letterboxd page uh, at the URL below or just search Multiplex Logged It over on Letterboxd. Uh, hit like on that list and all the other movies that we've talked about tonight are on there. Um, with all the people's reviews and whatnot. So go over there and check that out. Um, and so we're going to wrap the show up by talking about the movie of the month, Zach. And well, Cody, have you talked about after hours on the show? You did. Uh, Kirk, you did, right? Uh, so Jake, have you seen it? I know. I don't know if you got a chance to watch this or not. Me, I have seen, I have seen it. Um, I didn't rewatch it for this, but yeah. It was a first-time watch last year. It was sort of like the the big Scorsese movie I hadn't seen, and it finally came to HBO Max. So I was like, okay, I got to finally jump on this because I had been looking for it forever, and it was never streaming. But I really liked it. Um, when I when I think of this movie, I think of strangely enough, I think of a line from the movie The Last Black Man in San Francisco where the main character is talking about San Francisco. He's like talking to these, these women on a bus and they talk about how much they hate San Francisco. And he's like, in order to, he says, in order to hate something, you have to love it. That is, after hours, is that feeling about New York personified? Uh, because just so much crazy shit happens in this movie that would just, you can understand why Griffin's character, Griffin Dunn's character kind of goes crazy because just it's all this shit that could like only happen in New York. And like I lived in New York for a long time. Uh, so it's something that it's a feeling that I have as well. Like there are some things about it that New York that I love, but I also hate a lot about New York City. And this movie is one of the does a really great job of harnessing that feeling. Um, Catherine O'Hara as the 
ice cream truck driver. I just love Catherine O'Hara and everything just anyway, but she's particularly great here. Um, I think what is, what is her name? Linda Fiorentino as the, I think she's like, she owns the loft that he goes into with uh, Roseanne Arquette and just like her, her energy is just so weird and interesting. And um yeah, I was a. I really liked this movie. Um, I don't know if you need to give me a. I don't need. Do I need to give you a star rating now? Or yeah, talks. Okay, I would give it four stars. Uh, that's what I gave it on Letterboxd when I watched it. Right. And Zach, did you get to watch this? Yeah, I watched it like a year ago for the first time um, and loved it. it. Is one of those just like great outliers in Scorsese's career. It's it just as. A, mo- a thing of interest it's important to watch i think because it's so unlike other than being super new yorky it's so unlike anything else he ever directed i know at, at some point i believe it was like connected to tim burton which I, which kind of makes a lot more sense um would have been a different movie but makes sense style wise um but it, it's great that scorsese had this time to kind of loosen up and make something you know really funny and surrealistic that he doesn't always kind of play with because I, I love the dreamlike quality or nightmare like quality of you know, the chaos of the night that it has as well. Um, so, and Griffin Dunn should have had a better career. Uh, it was a great performance as well. But I gave it a uh, four and a half stars. Awesome. Okay. So that is going to be the last time that we talk about After Hours on this show. Uh, we are on to the 70s. So uh, the poll is still available on um, the Facebook page. I just posted it uh, this morning. I'm trying to find it right now to see where we're at. So the six movies on the poll, uh, the theme is the 70s. Um, so the movies on the poll right now are Badlands, The Last Detail, Assault on Precinct 13, Serpico, THX 1138, and Straw Dogs. So uh, those are the movies on the list. Go ahead and vote over there. That poll is going to close Thursday night so that we can give uh, the first panel uh, a few days to watch whatever the new movie is. Um, but upcoming on logged it August 2nd, next week, movies that deserve sequels. Uh, that's going to be the next one. And then after that, we got movie couples. Um, so we haven't really defined that in any way. So you, you, you pick whatever you want, uh, fictional movie bands slash artists. Um, and then on the 23rd guilty pleasures, we're going to come back to that in just a second. And then uh, August 30th, we got Best Actors and Actresses Working Today, kind of a spinoff of our director's episode that we did last week that everybody really, really seemed to enjoy. Uh, So we're going to do that again uh, with actors and actresses. Uh, Going back to Guilty Pleasures, uh, it was pointed out to me that I shouldn't have have let this be be a thing. Uh, I I came up with this idea, and this is is what was pointed out to me. Uh, I, I posted the Facebook page, overwhelmingly good response to people wanting to do guilty pleasures so here's what's going to happen guilty pleasures will we will do multiple times i've decided because we have a lot of people wanting to do it we'll probably do it again in september because it was pointed out to me that i i just i should have come up with the the panel to begin with we've already decided the panel is going to be myself and boatman as usual uh but we are going to have nazario mike and Bill Cariola on that panel. So that is going to be the Guilty Pleasures panel <laughs> uh, 
on on the twenty third to kick oh, it. Man. It's gonna be a little uh, cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Well, um, it was a good ride, but we're canceling the show, guaranteed after that episode. So that is gonna be a uh, crazy. But Bill has signed up for Letterbox, and he told me like, yeah, I could be on the show. And then he saw Guilty Pleasures. He's like, I got, I gotta do it. Nazario messaged me. It was like, Tim, what are you doing? I said, you're right. Let's do it. So it's going to be a little cuckoo, uh, but we will get everybody else who wants guilty pleasures uh, back because the response has been overwhelming so far. So thank you guys for being interested. But if you're interested in any of those other shows, uh, jump on there and uh, let us know or hit me up with a message. A lot of you have messaged me already, but keep them coming so we can get those panels full. Uh, So that's going to do it for us tonight. Uh, thank you for everybody uh, that was here. Uh, Boatman, who had to leave early, but Cody, Kirk, Jake, first time on the show. Jake, great job. Thank you. It was great having you. Zach, always lovely. Uh, so for uh, everybody here, everybody at home, watching Multiplex Log It, we'll see you next week. Have a wonderful evening. In case I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening. Good evening.